we had we got a bunch of alcohol liquors and stuff to make this drink called a bottle cap. Yeah, a bartender friend of mine taught me how to do it, and I didn't do it very well. It tastes <laughs> supposed to taste like a root beer float, but it's alcoholic. And to do it, you need a vanilla liqueur. Mm-hmm. So we bought a vanilla liqueur. Turns out the the bottle that we bought was from Spain or Mexico. It was in Spanish, and I definitely didn't look to see. We got it at a bodega, and we definitely did not spend as much money as we should have. <laughs> well, we also had it for like a year and a half, and I just cleaned out our liquor cabinet the other day, and I picked it up, and I was like, oh, maybe this would be good to put in something. And so you know the video when the person has like a cup of blood, and they like pour snake venom in it and swirl it around for a second and then plop out like a blood pudding on the table? It was like that, but vanilla. <laughs> just tipped the oh, no. bottle on its side and it went glork in one piece <laughs> to the top of the bottle and I went oh mm, no oh. I don't want any alcohol pudding <laughs> I actually kind of mm. would be good with alcohol pudding but I want to be well, very sure. intentional about yeah. it yeah. Yeah. make it on purpose yeah. uh-huh. I will pay very much for something like that not something I want to craft at home pudding shots are great yeah Accidental pudding shots, not so much. That's pudding's kind of mo overall. Pudding, it's if pudding a, on accident is, is bad. not. It just <laughs> <laughs> you never want pudding to just show up. <laughs> I'm just saying, like you got to be intentional about your oh. pudding use. Make believe money. Three fine folks discuss fictional finance, make believe money. So, on that note, hey, and welcome to Make Believe Money, um, the podcast where we talk fantastical world's finance and the implications they'd have in real world. Hey. That was pretty good. You give me like a, I stopped a looking at you this time. I think that's going to be my I new plan is just to nervous. look down into the left and just like let you do whatever you're going to do and check back in afterwards. I'm just going to let words tumble out of my face and then give me a thumbs up, thumbs down when they, Welcome when they happen. Welcome to me recording this podcast. <laughs> It's a solid 9.5. Really? So, yeah. yeah. That was pretty oh, good. That thanks, was pretty good. Guys, there was, was a couple of like pluralizations that were. Oh, I talked like you know? a drunk idiot baby, but <laughs> at least I got the words like in almost the right order. Yeah. The concept is there. Thanks. Um, that said, I'm Liz. Hey, Damon, mute your iPad. <laughs> I got to go into settings. <laughs> <laughs> Life is so hard for Damon right now. Um, I'm Liz. I'm Dan. I'm Damon. He's looking to mute He's the very iPad. buried in the settings right now, everybody. <laughs> um, Dan, what are we talking about today? So we are going to talk about Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. And yeah. I have a couple of different angles to talk about, but Ooh. mainly Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. Okay. Well, it's all Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, but a couple but, like, of different angles. angles in there? Yeah. That's exciting. There's a couple of different things to talk about within. Mainly, I put them all together because I only want to talk about it once because I... <laughs> I'm not a huge fan of Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. <laughs> why, why is it? What is it about it that, um, what gets you? I don't and even know. We're going to take this as part of your rating. Yeah, yeah. okay, I can yeah. start with the ratings. Um, I don't even know. I just don't find it, like, that entertaining, I guess. It, it's just... Does it stress you out because it's children in peril? N- no, they're shitty <laughs> children. They, <laughs> they get what's coming children. to them. And this is across all forms, like book. Yeah, film, I didn't love the book. Film. I didn't love Charlie. I didn't love Willy Wonka. It just like the story just doesn't really 
get me there. I don't know. It's I can't really tell if it's a good lesson or a bad lesson. I can't really tell if Wonka is like like a good person or Roy Moore. I just Ugh. like really. Ugh. Ugh, that's a reach. That's, <laughs> I mean, you gotta admit he's got a little bit of vibes more uh, so in the Willy Wonka than in the Charlie and Shock Effect. Well, or the, the, movie, them the Johnny Depp movie. Yeah, which one's oh Willy, Willy Wonka's Wonka Gene Wilder? Oh, okay, yeah. sorry, Charlie. Yes, and the more Chocolate so Factories. in the Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, but in both, it's just like a weird like question should be asked when you're willing your fortune to a, a random child, a at random least, preteen. Yeah, at least they both that got you're chaperones. Like, you're pitting these children in like a semi gladiatorial competition here, like. That doesn't feel great to me. But the competition <laughs> is don't touch anything. Yeah, the competition like, is behave yourself. Yes, <laughs> I agree. But his whole thing is like, I want to be a childlike, joyful thing forever, but also don't touch behind the ropes. <laughs> I think it's interesting so to me. Mixed well, but messages. Say your, say your rating and then I'll go because I've okay. got thoughts on this too. Admittedly, because I don't much enjoy it, mm-hmm. I haven't done much with it. I've read the book. I've probably seen the original movie once and maybe a half when it was on TV. And I've seen the new movie once and then decided to burn all copies in existence forever. <laughs> it's so, not great. So I would say four. Okay. Three, four, somewhere in that range. That's okay. Um, I think it's really interesting. I don't, I don't think... First of all, want to say I will never say anybody's opinion about a thing is wrong because it's your opinion about a thing. So like you're definitely welcome to not like it. I can but see my why. opinion is wrong. But, but you're wrong. wrong. Yeah, yeah, I know. I'm with you. Okay. <laughs> um, I I on the other hand am really a big fan of sure. most Roald Dahl, not the person Roald Dahl. He was <laughs> shitbird. <laughs> like, he was an asshole to his wife and his children, and I'm glad that he left behind a legacy of delightful books for kids. But he was not a good person. Um. R.I.P. I guess. Uh, but I think it's really interesting that like the things that you don't like about Charlie and the Chocolate Factory are all like legit things. But it sounds to me like he wrote Willy Wonka as sort of himself, like this yeah. mm-hmm. sort of um, what's the word I want? Misanthropic uh, older guy who does things for children, but doesn't particularly care for children or what they do. And like, um, I, when I was a kid, I read Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. I've also read Charlie and the Great Glass Elevator and seen the movie that is good and the movie that is bad. And, um, a bunch of times, both of them. And when I was a kid, I really liked the like weird danger of Roald Dahl's books. Like, sure. Especially like Matilda and James and the Giant Peach. I was about to say, I don't get me wrong. This is not a Roald Dahl thing. Yeah. I love James and the Giant Peach. I, Matilda is great. This one just not does not get me where I want to go. Fair. Yeah. I just, Even I. Even if my opinion is straight up wrong. Super wrong. <laughs> I'm not, I'm really, like, I know that, like, I prefaced that really hard and made it sound like you were wrong, but no, for real. That's like, it's a legit reason I'm not like that. Liz. I get stressed out by uh, Christmas vacation, so. Liz, I, I'm almost always wrong. So I just kind of assumed <laughs> that that was par for the course. Um,. No, yeah, I I really liked it because when I was a kid, um, the the whole world felt like when I read Roald Dahl's books, the world felt like that's how it actually was for kids. Like you had to behave because adults had strange rules they weren't going to tell you until you messed up. And like you had to like accept that everything was like magical and interesting, but like not do a lot with it. And um, it's not like a great message for kids. Yeah, I can't like, imagine why I didn't like right? this book. <laughs> it is like all of his all of his lessons were like behave yourself and be a nice person and like yeah. 
in the end, I guess that's good. But like, if you've ever read the Twits, like it's I don't this, think I've read that one. It's a shorter one. It's okay. about this couple who are like nasty, gnarly, horrible people who like play constant pranks on each other. And one day they just like are so mean they disappear and no one misses them. And like this like morals about like how to be a nice person get real extreme. Is it morals or is it just looking into my future? You know? I'm going to be so mean one day <laughs> that I like will just disappear. <laughs> <laughs> um, that's what I'd say. I'm probably like an eight and a half or so on Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. Solid. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I'm going to go uh, probably a four. Uh, you know, I am a large, I'm a, a great fan of Gene Wilder. Um, yeah, that I know, will agree with. A lot of uh, classic films, so I always kind of lump this in with him. But the Roald Dahl angle... Um, I was older than I probably should have been when I realized that all of the things that we've talked about were created by the same person. Oh. Um, and uh, I enjoyed Matilda as a child, but I always found it quite disturbing. Oh, sure. Um, yeah. And the bit at the beginning of James and the Giant Peach where his parents are eaten by a rhinoceros <laughs> screwed me up for life. Oh, man. <laughs> um, yeah, it was really, it's really dark. It's got that kind of like fairy tale That angle. can happen, though, because I am still <laughs> just destroyed by the beginning of Up. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like, and you were an adult when oh, that yeah. came out. And like, that still oh, might have been the first time I realized I was mortal. Like, <laughs> the way that I reacted to that, I was still, oh, oh no. Man. We were in the movie theater watching that, all of us and our family, to watch Up. This is a tangent for sure. But, um, and it was when our my grandmother was in the hospital. So we were all sitting there watching the first 10 minutes, like weeping our eyes out. And in the back of the theater, we hear this little kid like rustling and her mom being like, shh, come on, you have to be and then out loud, real top of her lungs, she goes, but mommy, this movie's hard. <laughs> like, <laughs> no, kid speaks I get for it. all of us. Yes. Yep. Second it. Not wrong. Um, but so you're so, yeah, rating, we cut David. you off. Did we give you, did we get you? My number was rating? four. Four. Oh, yeah, that's right. Um, and I was just saying, uh, more so for, I viewed just the film quite a bit, the Gene Wilder film quite a bit because of Gene Wilder. Not so much because of Roald Dahl, because sure. I winds up Roald Dahl scared me a bunch as a child, is and I didn't realize until like I met Dan. So you're what? welcome. Oh, it's like yeah. Dan reminded. Dan was you the one who Dahl? like connected all the dots. No, that like, I was like, all these are yeah. in the same oh, okay. universe, yeah. if you will. No, not because I am like yeah. Dan's because kind Dan of a jerk. was like, oh, I could see him being a rhinoceros that ate my parents. Yeah. <laughs> um. So is it like a kids in peril thing? Because I know you felt the same way about it. No, like it. Uh, disturbs me in like an animal sense of like those children should be protected mm-hmm. and like this is just like I was a child that was very off put by the danger that other children were experiencing Aww. and I didn't Aww. care for that if it makes you feel any better they're shitty no I mean for bad. the most part yeah but like well I do feel like Violet Beauregard didn't do a whole lot wrong yeah yeah, like, they were all but offered that gum, right? right? They're like, in a fucking candy factory. And then, like, the other room, they're like, eat whatever you want. And in this room, don't touch the gum. Yeah. yeah. Like, and also, they say no once, like... Yeah, and barely. I feel like all good parents, like, you get to a count of three. And then if you have I'm, three, the punishment happens. Right. You know, not like, you don't turn hey, into a blueberry every day. Uh, don't eat the gum. Well, you didn't listen. Now you're forever scarred. Oh, well. About the time that Augustus gets sucked into the incinerator, I would have been a little more. <laughs> that is true. Yeah. After uptight that, about if you had been what? like, "Hey, don't cross this line," I would have been like, "Yeah, man, I'm you way back here. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> don't look at me." You raise a good point. <laughs> Just saying. At the end of it, in the book, that like in the book and the Johnny Depp movie, they all like leave the factory like horribly maimed. Like yeah. Violet is stretched and like. 
And but in the Gene Wilder film, is like burned up. They just go away. Yeah, they're just dead, probably. <laughs> like, <laughs> their parents are ushered off to a room where they're given one of those heat blankets, like they give them in every movie where like a traumatic after a thing disaster. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And they're just like gonna sit there until they're good, not having a kid anymore. Augustus and the Goose Girl, whose name I forget, uh, for Veronica, sure. Veruca Salt. Veruca Salt. Both of them, please for sure. Salt facts. Salt facts. Hashtag Veruca, Veruca Salt, salt facts. facts. <laughs> 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 Sorry, I just made Liz's day. That delighted me. Both of them are for sure dead. Um, oh, yeah. She just got sh- thrown down to the garbage chute. Yeah. And he's like, oh, I don't know. They haven't incinerated it yet this week. What? Um, I want to, sorry, I want to cross over now where she just shows up in the trash compactor in Star Wars. And like, <laughs> what the fuck are you doing here? This? Where's my daddy? <laughs> Um, I would not like to see the deleted scenes of like them having to like escape Climb their the way like the not you know HR OSHA sanctioned like tour path that they were on <laughs> of this clear hellscape of a factory that right. they were in. Right, I would write a wicked style novel about that though, like the oh, story them of just Augustus like Bloop. escaping the basement of this. Like Veruca like, Salt like falls into the the void and then like leads uh like a unionization of the Oogaloopas. <laughs> yeah, she like turns her whole life around and like learns a lot about herself, and yeah. in the end is like a, a hero to the Oompa Loompa Nation. She shuts down this horrible factory that should not exist. Right, and Charlie loses all of his money. But I think that um, Violet and the little cowboy person might get out uh, alive in well, air just quotes. Horribly <laughs> maimed. Little cowboy yeah. person's just tiny forever. Yeah. Well, I mean, like, what is like what is death? Like, if he's still just like falling in on himself, like infinitely, like he's still alive. Air quotes. Well, but he it's gets just, brought back. He's just small. I thought they said that he was going to keep going though. That like if he stayed that way. In the book, maybe. I'm again. I'm only working for the Gene Wilder That's film. So I'm gonna give it horrifying. to the eight and a half over here, but I don't <laughs> know. Yeah. I mean, I'll go with your vote, but like in the movie, I know that his like very upset mom just carries him away in a glove and was like, "What am I gonna do? You're so small." And then like, okay. In the in the Johnny Depp movie, it's a nightmare anyway. So who cares? The yeah. only thing I can think about is the horrible spider Violet like flipping her way out of the factory at the end of it. In my head, if I'm her. If I'm the parent, I'm like, cool. I just cut my like food bills in a quarter. Right. Like, just here's a pea. Hunk. Have fun. <laughs> you gotta eat your pea. <laughs> yeah, because it's no the more only food. thing you get one pea the size of a boulder. <laughs> Finish your peas. Um. So that said. Yes. Uh. What about what about Charlie and the Chocolate Factory? You want to talk about? So the big thing I want to figure out slash did figure out is um. <laughs> how much the factory and like the company is worth and like what it is to Charlie. But there's a few things I think worth talking about before we get there. All right. One. So he's reopening the factory because it was shut down due to corporate espionage. That's some fucking good corporate espionage. Like they didn't steal things. They actually shut their one factory down for years. Right. Like, damn. Damn. That's all. Yeah, like, it's good espionage. All. And <laughs> espionage facts. Like corporate espionage just means that like you stole ideas from someone and right. profited from them. It's like worth, right? Yeah. Shutting this down makes me think that like there was like an out and out like terrorist attack taken out. Yeah. On the, like, will, yeah. On Did they like the blow Wonka up a wing of this? I don't know. The my understanding of what happens is that like uh I don't think it's Slugworth in the book, 
but that like entity has a mole somewhere in the company and he didn't he was like fuck this and like that's what i understand too yeah. is that like he was just willy wonka was just like i don't even care anymore oh, okay. like, yeah, it's all about so joy eccentric. of kids and not yeah. about corporate profits yeah. and he just like gives up but you know like how you run a company right right exactly yeah. well, well that's, that's number two he does not know how to run a company he do not i am an I'm going to call it 60% convinced that Charlie is a patsy. <laughs> I'm pretty sure he's putting him in charge of this factory so that to when he gets busted for minimum wage laws, oh, OSHA laws, safety standards, environmental standards, any of the multitude of things, experimenting on children, any of the multiple things that he should absolutely 100% be shut down for, I'm pretty sure he's going to be like, I don't know, the name on paper says Charlie, so I'm Ooh, good. I don't have anything like, to do with this. I'm totally safe. Charlie Wonka. This yeah. name's Charlie. Oh, man. I would say that the Oompa Loompas open him up to a lot of human rights violations, but I, looking at an Oompa Loompa, I imagine there are going to have to be some marches before they get recognized That's by the government of the body. Yeah. Like, oh. Oh, in the book, it's got this weird, like, English colonial thing going on too, where he's like, he saved like them from, from the something. Colonies or something. Well, kind of. He went to whatever country they actually come from and like saved them from some horrible monster that liked to eat them. But he had gone to that country to find like a new cocoa bean, and when he was there, he saved the Oompa Loompas, and they were so grateful to him that they came and worked in his factory for nothing at all. Oh boy, that is some white savior bullshit right little there. Bit, mm. little bit, little okay. bit. Okay. Yeah. But anyway, <laughs> he breaks like a lot of laws, and yeah. I'm pretty convinced he's just putting Charlie's name on this so he can be like, "Who me? <laughs> no, <laughs> I'm just a little old man Why? who makes chocolate." <laughs> This business guy over here who didn't put in, you know, safety railings. I don't know why he <laughs> has that accent in my head, but that's, that's another does. reason maybe I don't like the movie. Who knows? <laughs> and Charlie's like, oh, but I'm just a poor little boy. This is the first time my family's had food to eat in weeks. It is all chocolate, though. <laughs> <laughs> my grandparents all have diabetes. <laughs> yeah. Okay, speaking of grandparents, I know we're eventually going to get to the point here, folks, but <laughs> his grandfather is bedridden. Oh, yeah. Until such time that he decides, oh, this seems like a cool thing to do. And then he just can walk. Like, seems get a convenient. job, man. Yeah. If your family's that hard off, go be a Walmart greeter. Right? <laughs> they have those. I don't know. You, we don't know they don't. <laughs> That's true. That's true. Okay, or go be a something. Man, go he's do like, a thing. I'm bedridden. Support me. Oh, wait. Free tour of a chocolate factory? No, I can walk. I bet his wife and the other set of in-laws were like real ticked when he got up and walked around. Like, <laughs> yeah, they were like, kidding we're me? We're crippled. Are you serious? <laughs> I haven't been able to walk for 10 years. And not even like he's like willing himself through it, but like he is fine. He just he's gets like up and dancing dances. and <laughs> singing. and All yeah, right, Grandpa Joe. <laughs> like, yeah. Anyway, I'm telling you. <laughs> the story is no good more. I'm making my case here, damn it. No, you got some points. <laughs> I don't claim that anybody in this book is a good person at all, even arguably Charlie. I think he's not a good person. He just doesn't he do He still drank things. the fizzy lifting drinks. He did drink the fizzy lifting drinks, but can you blame him? That sounds great. Yes, because he was yep. told not to. And no, because Violet <laughs> only did one thing wrong, and she got effed, yeah. and he did one thing wrong, and it's like, well... 
you know, kids will be kids. It's the yeah. patriarchy. You're the last yeah. one left, so yeah. I guess the company goes to you. <laughs> yeah, you didn't like horribly deform, <laughs> and so when they come you to take, still look like a child. So, so when they come to take you to jail, you'll probably get off in a way that she won't anymore. <laughs> the jury will be sympathetic to your horrible OSHA violations. Oh, <laughs> could you imagine Violet being up in the uh, the stands for that and he'd be like, "Oh no, 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 we no, you're guilty for sure. Look at her; she looks like a blueberry. Yeah. <laughs> She's Which, not responsible." I will just say it goes right back to Damon's point of the Oompa Loompas need to do some marches because if that's how we're going to re- treat a purple person, we're right? definitely not giving the Oompa Loompas rights because we're <laughs> no. all garbage. Uh, so he's definitely violating pretty much every law. Correct. He uh, is a bad business person. Is where we were at. Yeah, more. I mean, he's yeah, presumably. Um, I mean, his secession plan is not great. <laughs> it's true. You might want to get someone with some sort of business acumen. Yeah. Own a small <laughs> business, have a plan for it to get taken over after you die, right? And maybe highlighting a random kid who, by the way, just thinking about this now, probably legally cannot own that business. Don't think so. You generally have to be eighteen to sign any sort of binding contract and or to own certain things. Like, can't open an IRA before you're eighteen. Is it different in England? Because I feel like they do everything way younger than we do. Like, I feel like they're still learning what teenagers are in England. I don't know. That would be fun to see, like, Charlie get yeah, wasted. At the you go from, party. like, street urchin to just, like, adult. Business person. Around, like, 13. About the time you buy a <laughs> handkerchief. You yeah. buy a handkerchief and you've made the switch over. If you don't get black lung from cleaning out everybody's uh, chimneys, you go right to owning a business. This is very unfair that we are keeping uh, England completely in the Dickensian age. <laughs> it's my best frame of reference for what England's like. I've been there twice. That's all I know. Okay. So let's get to the business and how much is this business that he gives to Charlie. Yeah, business facts. So uh, the easiest way to do this was to look at a number of companies that are publicly traded so we can find the value of uh, what's called the market cap, which is market capitalization, which is a very simple term that basically just means how many shares are trading, how much are they worth, that's your market cap. If you have 100 shares trading at $100, you know, you have $10,000. Did I do my math right? Oh, God, please tell me I did my math right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah there we go. So um, $10,000 is what the company is worth. Oh, okay. Because I was going to ask um, how you, is this a silly question? How do you divide up shares for a company? Like, Yeah, um, basically it's just how many are put out there. So you can do it a lot of different ways, right? A lot of old companies have put out shares multiple times. So there's just some random amount out there because you put out shares when you need money. Oh, right. If you want to. So the way the stock market actually works, a lot of people don't know this. You, a company only really makes money on its shares one time. If I put out 100 shares and people buy them, I get the money as the company, and then I can build a new factory, buy a competitor, do whatever I'm going to do with that money. So I put out shares when I need money. After that, those 100 shares are owned by people. They're owned by Liz. They're owned by Damon. They're owned by Dan. They're owned by ever. And so if Dan buys a share from Damon, Damon gets money. I spend money. The company doesn't get money. It's like buying a secondhand book. Yeah, kind of. I mean, there are advantages to share prices being high for companies okay? Um, because they could offer more shares at a higher value and they can do some other things. A lot of times they own some amount of their shares, blah, 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 blah. But ultimately, like, it, you as a company don't make money every time someone buys and sells a share. So keep that in mind for people who are really interested in so- socially responsible investing. On one hand, I'm into that. That's important. And having a high share price does help bad companies. But when you buy ExxonMobil's shares, 
you're not giving them two money, money to dollars. Go. You're giving yeah. Liz dollars or whomever. You right? give me dollars. I like dollars. Yeah. Um, Literally, no. I don't mean that. Like in general, you get the person owning it. Every time you buy Exxon Mobil shares, I get give money. Liz dollars. <laughs> <laughs> it's weird. I don't know how it got set up, but every time someone buys an Exxon Mobil share, I get something in my bank account. If so, you're gonna start sponsoring this podcast because you got <laughs> sure, plenty right. of money. You got a lot of money. Um. So, but like the amount of shares that exist is not like a it's, fixed amount. No, it's somewhat arbitrary depending on how many times you put out shares, how much you put out each time. And if a you, share is not like a percentage of the company? or It, it is. is. Okay. It totally is. But you just divide the company by however many shares. Oh. So if there's 23 million, it's a very small percentage. If it's 20 million, it's a slightly bigger. If it's 10 million, it's slightly bigger. If it's 100 million, you know what I mean? Like, sure. Um, so there's not a set like how many you have to be putting out or anything like that. Uh, I had something else to say on that, but I'm... Sorry. Uh, it's not important, uh, whatever <laughs> it was. But yeah, I mean, so that's how, like, in theory, companies are valued, is if your shares are trading, that's how much you're worth is your... Oh, sometimes how much they put out will depend on what they want the stock price to be. Oh. Uh, less so now, but there used to be some more advantages to having lower-priced shares because more people could buy them. Sometimes stocks still split. I'm not sure if you ever heard that, but it basically just means every share becomes two shares to lower the value of the stock, okay. right? If you have a $100 share and you want people to be able to afford it a little bit more and you split and you have two $50 shares, now people who want to buy it can buy it for 50 instead of 100. Okay. But you're able to buy fractional shares now, so that doesn't matter as much. Well, wow. Mm. Okay. There's a lot going on here. Yeah. But long story short, I looked at some chocolate companies in the U.S. <laughs> uh, well, and, and around. So I looked at Mondelez, who makes a lot of products, but I wound up not going with them um, they're a little bit more international, and they make a lot of non-candies, Triscuits and the oh, like and stuff okay. like that. Okay. Yeah, Mondelez owns like mm, 40% of the things you buy <sighs> um, in the grocery store. Like, I wish I was kidding, but I'm not kidding as much as I want to be. Is the other one like Unilever? Like yep, Unilever owns a ton of them. Yeah, go look up uh, everything that Mondelez sells one day and just like, it'll... <laughs> Yeah, you'll just like your brains will be splattered against the wall. Uh, There's like six companies, guys. That's right. One day we'll have a model company, and then uh, all hail yeah. by and large. Is that the one then? The Wally. Yeah. Yes. Oh. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, okay. So instead, we looked at Hershey. Okay. Hershey is not entirely, but largely U.S. and largely produces out of the U.S. It's two thirds of their production are in the U.S. and something I think like. 75 to 80 percent of their revenues in the u.s ballpark um if you ever want to know any of the facts that i'm quoting chocolate facts no well first of all please do send us chocolate facts i would love that yeah. emily i'm looking at you um <laughs> no but just in general if you ever want to learn a lot about a company if you ever want to be a big stock investor there's a lot of ways you can do it but one of the best ways is to every company that's publicly traded puts out what's called a 10k which is also an annual report okay it is generally hundreds of pages long, sure. 80 to hundreds, depending on, but it has a shit ton of information about the company that you should probably know if you're going to buy. Like, hey, how much of our revenues are U.S., and how much do we produce in the U.S., and all sorts of other interesting things. So wow. I found this all out about chocolate and Hershey. Wow. So if Hershey is our proxy company, they have sales of about $7 billion. Okay. Um, their cost of sales, which is basically the direct things that go into making their chocolate, cost about $4 billion. So their gross profit is $3 billion. Then they pay a lot of other things to get to operating profit, so that's marketing and all sorts of other things, 
which is about $1.2 billion. And then their net income, because they pay a few things after that, is about $700 uh, billion. Am I doing that right? No. Hold on. These are in billion. Oh, $720 million, Okay. I think. Yeah. I was like, <laughs> that jumped up right. a lot. Hold on. I have it all here. <laughs> I need to check all that. I am from near Hershey, Pennsylvania, about like a half an hour-ish away. Although I say a half an hour-ish away, but everybody from where I'm from says everything's 20 minutes away, so... I was going to say, I thought it was like decidedly not near your parents' place at all. It is. It's closer. It's close to the east side of Pennsylvania. We used to go there a bunch. Like, that was a one of the theme parks that people used to go to when I was a kid. It was like, you go to Hershey Park. Phew, you were right. I was all correct. Great. $7 billion in sales, $7.5 billion in sales, $720 million in net income. Great. Um, two-thirds of their production are in the U.S., but then I pulled out labor because presumably they're not paying for labor. Oh, you're right. Because right? of the slaves. Right. Because of the, <laughs> you know, there it is. So they don't give me labor exactly, but they do in the 10K tell me how many employees they have. Okay. Um, so they have 16,300 full-time. Wow. Uh, 1,680 part-time. So I just pulled the U.S. median income is about 59000 So I threw that for each full-time. I did about 35000 for each part-time, which is about $1 billion. Okay. So I told you their cost of sales is $4 billion, $4.2 billion. So I'm taking a billion off of that. Okay. It might be a little higher than that because um, your benefits are hugely valuable and you should be using them. Oh, your yeah. life insurance, your health insurance, your 401k, your all that. So salaries, generally companies, salaries are like 70% of the cost of the company. So your benefits are like 30% of your pay. So use your benefits. Um, Heck yeah. But we'll err on the side of just the salaries and assume it costs a billion. So basically what that does is that boosts their profit in a major way. So that's $720 million in net income, or I actually really like operating profit. That, so that $1.2 billion of operating profit is... 10% and 16% respectively of sales. Okay. So out of every dollar that they sell, Hershey makes about uh, 10%, so 10 cents in net profit and about 16% in operating profit. Okay. If you were to take out their labor, that jumps to their operating profit going from 16% to almost 30%. Oh. So it's a huge increase. It's yeah. a big part of their costs, um, which is not super surprising. Um, nor a bad thing. You should pay your labor. Yes, and they should probably <laughs> yes. pay them more. But yeah. you should, Charlie Bucket. Charlie Bucket. <laughs> <laughs> Buckets of fun. Anyway, um, <laughs> can't all be glass elevators and bedridden grandpas. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, basically, their cost of labor in theory is, you know, it helps increase their profits to about twenty percent. Dang. So, um. Basically, what I did is their market cap, Hershey's market cap, is $23.7 billion as of early December of this year. They're worth $24 billion. But if their profit goes up two and a half times, yeah. I assume that their market cap goes up two and a half times. That's probably not a perfect analogy. It's probably not exactly what would happen. But listen, there's a lot of smart people trading in the stock market, so give me a <laughs> break here. I'm only one person, <laughs> which would make the company worth 
$57 billion. Oh, boy. <laughs> so if Charlie gets the whole thing, and it depends on if it's, you know, generally publicly traded companies are worth a little bit more, and, you know, there may be other investors who own some of the company, blah, 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 blah. Doesn't seem like it based That's on the way enough. Willy Wonka runs his shit. That's true. If so, they're terrible investors. Right. Um, but $57 billion. It's That's not, not a bad Day. Yeah, nothing to sneeze at. Shoot. So if you own a $57 billion company, don't fucking choose your next person with a freaking <laughs> with a contest, contest for like 13 year old. Yeah. yeah, with a golden ticket lottery. It's a terrible idea. Although it did raise his sales a whole bunch, I bet. Because one, he was making chocolate again. To, yeah, well, yeah. His sales went from zero yeah. to. <laughs> To a ton, like a real big ton. No, but yes, I'm sure that gimmick sold. I think that's it. He sells a bunch of extra candy for people to buy the tickets. He fucks off to the Cayman Islands. No, he gets <laughs> Charlie, puts Charlie in charge, gets him arrested, and promptly does the whole damn thing over again. You're probably right. That's not what Great Glass Elevator's about, but it could be. Well... It takes the SEC a while to build a case. That's so. true. <laughs> also, it's great, coming. Great Glass Elevator is about a bunch of space worms, so it's well, it real know. weird. Yeah, they scared me a lot. That doesn't sound like it needed to be a sequel. Like I don't know, <laughs> a lot of nightmares. <laughs> I stand by my point. This See, is a yeah. garbage. Well, the thing is, like, I am the kind of person who just really enjoys things that are like unsettling and scary, and I think that a lot of that came from digging deep into Roll Doll as a child. That's fair. But I did one other little thing. Go on. Because like I mm-hmm. said, I don't want to come back to this. <laughs> <laughs> so never um, hashtag uh, Charlie Bucket Facts, but like don't make Dan do another episode. Yeah, but uh, I'm done. Mm-hmm. Unless somebody comes up with a really good angle. If you do, send us an email at uh, podcast at gmail.com. I'll do it if it's good enough. If he has to. So my other angle was, what would a perpetual jawbreaker cost? Ooh. So in finance... Uh, companies, public companies, often, not all of them, but often pay what's called a dividend, which basically a company is just like a small pizzeria, right? Even a big company. At the end of the day, they want to make money. They pay their employees. They hire new people. They build a new factory. They do a new truck, whatever. uh, And then whatever's left over goes to the owner. Well, if you are a stockholder, you are the owner. You own some infinitesimal amount of this company. So if they have a bunch of money left over, if Coke has $40 billion and they spend, you know, 30 of it on plants and factories and everything else, they have $10 billion left over, they give it to you. Oh. 30 cents, a dollar, a couple dollars, five cents, whatever. You get it as cash money. It's called a dividend. Mm-hmm. In theory, dividends last forever, right? If a company is going to, in theory, last forever, and nothing does, but, you know, you can't really know when a company's going to die like Coke in finance world. So you assume the dividend's going to go on forever. So we have a method to v- evaluate things that last forever. It's called a perpetual, you know, like a per- in perpetuity. Okay. So it's, it's a dividend growth model. And so I basically just threw it on this thing and said, what would it cost? And the big thing you have to do is how much is the dividend over what is the growth rate and a couple of other, other pieces. But that's basically the deal, right? So I looked it up, and I figured Jawbreakers cost about a nickel. I found some on Amazon that cost 18 cents, but I figure we'll go the full nickel. Yeah. It's probably a good Jawbreaker, right? 
A nickel. Wait. Anything higher? Oh, sorry. Said, quarter. Okay. Oh, okay. Quarter. <laughs> I was like, a full nickel. No. Dan, that's only five. Yes. <laughs> Man, I am. I'm all off on my like. Uh, well, you're hating every second of this. So I, <laughs> yeah, exactly. it's, it's, it's just you me in constant pain. Pummeling through. Uh, <laughs> so I found some for 18 cents on Amazon, but let's say they cost a quarter, so sure. 25 cents. That also mm-hmm. makes more sense in today's money for the cost of candy. I think. Yeah, I think so. Then a nickel. Yeah. Yeah. Since there's yeah. no more five and dimes, there's and dollar penny stores. Candy. Yeah. If I had it my way, there would be no more nickels. So. Well, that's fair enough. Damon's real big on getting rid of all of our coin currency except for quarters because we need them to do laundry. There you go. But seriously, dollar stores are a great example of inflation. Oh. If you think about it, there were five and dimes. Now oh, there's dollar yeah. stores. Things go up in price. Ta-da. I did it. Dang, I never think about that. Thanks, pal. Yeah. There you go. That's inflation for you. <laughs> That's why that $20 mart around the corner is kind of <laughs> <laughs> alarming. Yeah, when you're a grandmother and they have like hundred, 50s and 100 stores, you'll be like, <laughs> fucking inflation. <laughs> Wheelbarrow all my cash money there. <laughs> How big do you think a hundred dollar bill is? No, I'm thinking about like in the um, depression. Well, it'll be all in pennies because we won't have gotten rid of it by then for some <laughs> stupid reason. Um, Damon loves coin money. Damon loves coin money. I love dollar coins. Oh. Two dollar coins. No, I'm mouth. with loonies and toonies. Come on, bring them. I'm with that. Like having like the five euro coin or the two euro coin in in Europe is super handy. Yeah, but like, I just, I can't find them. I can't find them. I have to dig through why well, I was in the UK in Wales in a, or no, in Essex in a, um, in a, what their Walgreens is a thingy. And I walked up to the lady and I had like a thing that cost like one pound and I could find a pound coin. I had to dump my wallet out on the You know they're um, done counter. by size, right? I do, but it was like, you know, American wallets aren't made to handle that kind of shit. It was just a little pocket with like room for coins. And I was like, well, okay. And I like, it was some amount of change that I needed to find specifically. And I like poured it out and I was like, help and she goes Ugh, and just like counts out all the coins for me and i'm like i know i'm the worst american ever but i've only been here three days give me a minute you're both a very old lady but also a very old lady not capable of doing math it's true anyway. old ladies <laughs> in america do the same thing with yeah, money true. they've yeah. had their entire I really was life just like the oldest lady and <laughs> i wasn't like i couldn't find the coins i just didn't know what they looked like like i was i was in trouble That's and I was by myself they should put fun animals on them like the canadians do yeah. If only they have you a perfect sp- system. Yeah. If only you spoke the language in that country, you probably could have figured it out. <laughs> well, she was already annoyed with me, so I was just like, here, you find the money. <laughs> you know she took like 12 euro. Right? Yeah, I'm absolutely never going to see That's absolutely fine. She earned it. I was annoying. <laughs> so anyway, mm-hmm. if we assume the value of this only grows at inflation, right? Because, I mean, a jawbreaker is probably not going to be worth a, a ton more other than it'll go up about with the value of inflation. Sure. Perpetual jawbreaker should really only be worth like $8.33, assuming inflation is 3%. That's it. Really? Yep. That seems like a real low threshold for a jawbreaker you'd never... I mean, but if you think about it, like it's an, a perpetual jawbreaker, but you're going to drop it and like <laughs> it's going to get hair on it. You're going to need another one. So I guess like if that yeah. threshold is still so low, you could get Given two or three you perpetual will- jawbreakers. Given that you will one day take it out to uh, brush eat your teeth. dinner, brush your teeth, do any number of things. Have no more teeth. Yeah. Um, more jaw, I guess. <laughs> no more jaw. <laughs> it will have broken your jaw. <laughs> like, who's going to look at a like, seemingly like days-long salivated-on jawbreaker and go like, mm, yeah, more Good of that. Good investment, yeah. <laughs> like, 
So I have an answer to that. So first of all, the reason it's so Ew, low Dan. is in finance. <laughs> The further things get out, the less valuable they are because, you know, they can't, you can't use them now. So in theory, just things that last in perpetuity, the eventual end value is very, very small. Sure. But I do have an answer of who would go back to that. If is this, it Warren Buffett? No. Yes, it probably would. But <laughs> if this thing has calories, which presumably it does, oh. don't you give one to every person in a starving country and tell them to suck on it forever. Like, it's, <laughs> That's so rude. It's, suck on this. It's not. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's not enough roughage. It doesn't have, like, balanced calories or whatever, but, like, there are certain places where they have, you, you give them a vitamin once a day to get that, and then all they, I mean, what they really need is calorie content. Don't you just buy a bunch of these and ship them off to poor countries and be like, hey, here's free forever calories. You're welcome. Uh, that I think, this I think could that's violating go a long way. Physics, right? Like, oh yeah, energy can never be created or destroyed, yeah. and calories are energy, and this is bullshit right. science that yeah. never should, have, never should or could exist. <laughs> There's a small fission reactor at the center. Yeah. Of this. <laughs> yeah if like, you ever do crack it open, you're in trouble. Don't get me wrong. <laughs> hey, I finally broke one open, Boom. and then Rio de Janeiro <laughs> disappeared into dust. But um, let's open up a black hole. <laughs> <laughs> no, don't get me wrong. This is bullshit nonsense but i'm just saying if it actually existed this goes a, it doesn't maybe solve it but it goes a long way to curing world hunger it at least puts like a band-aid on a thing yeah and he's busy and just he's trying selling to, them and he's just busy owning. so maybe slughorn is a good guy maybe slughorn's slughorn like, is harry potter slugworth oh, whatever <laughs> can we just be done with this goddamn episode <laughs> Anyway, but equally, Slughorn is a like debatably good. Yeah, guy. He, uh, Slugworth is a debatable. Another good person guy. of gray moral fiber. But the right. point is, if Slugworth is just stealing it to mass produce it cheaply and give it out to the masses, I'm saying Willy Wonka is the bad guy here. Oh yeah. Oh, oh I think and also for evident. abusing children. But Willy Wonka's yeah. a bad guy. He and enslaving slaves. a race of people. <laughs> yeah. like, you know what? I guess I really didn't need another argument, but there you go. There's another <laughs> yeah. one. Yeah, if you if you look at this story purely from like Charlie Bucket's standpoint, where he was like a destitute young child, and now he's got a chocolate factory that Worth will make 57 him fifty-seven billion dollars. Yeah, then like this is a great story of a rags to riches child. But if well, you look at it from Willy Wonka's angle, if you look at it from the Oompa Loompas angle, any of the children or their the parents, EPAs. the EPA, OSHA, uh, Slugworth. Anybody else, they're like, oh, he bad guy. Starving people in third world countries. Who aren't getting these everlasting gobstoppers. Speaking of, the real everlasting gobstoppers are a big disappointment. You ever have those? I imagine in that they are finite. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> well, that is part of it. I don't think you're allowed Although to put I that on a really label. I really like that they get a little chewy in the middle. That they always do. that they was a that little like source of joy. Star, um, not starburst, um, sweet tart thing in the middle. Mm-hmm. That's kind of nice. Mm-hmm. I was always somewhat befuddled by the fact that uh, a seemingly fictional candy company had actual candy out in the world. It's weird, right? Like nerds and stuff. <laughs> yeah. And they do have like Wonka bars. And for a while, when the Johnny Depp movie came out, they had like a golden ticket thing. Which I think was just going to take you to the. I don't imagine movie. you got fifty billion dollars though. No, when... no, you did not. <laughs> I think you might have gotten like a a cash prize and a trip to meet Johnny Depp, which would have probably been very disappointing. Is it Nest? Of course, it's Nestle. Oh yeah. Uh, it is actually yeah, it's Nestle, another yeah. one who owns like half of your so. And all of our water. <laughs> yes. So if we want to do something really on the fly here, sure. Let's see if I can find out Nestle's market cap and oh, what would have happened. If 
That'll be thrown off though because they're way more diversified. Yeah, they right. do like and water. And so their profit yeah. would not yeah. have gone up that much or any other things. But, Unless um, Willy Wonka is also withholding water and uh, oh, absolutely. baby formula from well, absolutely the mothers and whatever developing nation he stole Oompa uh, Loompas from. F you, Nestle. Um, <laughs> No, he does like he does divert some sort of fresh water into his thing for the um, chocolate river. He did, wait, sorry, say that again. Willy Wonka, like the chocolate river fountain river thingy that he's got going through his thing. Mm-hmm. There's some like he's got some source of water that's kind of shady. So it's possible Ooh. he's very much like Nestle. Oh, tell us the sorry. facts. <laughs> Nestle's market cap is 264 billion. Oh crud! So it's got it's got Hershey beat by. Just a little bit. So I'm not even going to guess what it would do to the market cap because the amount of labor that's just for chocolate probably is infinitesimal. I was going to say. I don't think they do a whole lot. My mind just kind of turns to mush. uh, When you're talking about numbers that big. Pretty much any number with an alien in it just kind of like melts my brain. I'll probably never see that. So here's (laughs) a fun fact to think about how much money we're talking about now it shouldn't for millions millions you could conceivably have in your lifetime if you invest wisely from the a, day you start a couple Fair. a couple not like not a bunch not a, a bunch a but you know a few. <laughs> all at the same time here's how much a billion dollars is okay. if you spent a thousand dollars a day from the day christ died till now you have not spent a billion dollars really mm-hmm you have like another that millennia still, uh, right? I, I don't know how exactly how long it is, but I did the math once and you have not spent a billion dollars. Holy crap. Who's well, gonna... we can just look. Well, if that ExxonMobil thing ever turns out to be true. Times 365 days times 1,000 gets you 736 million. So you still have like 300 million to go. You have another, yeah, third. So yeah, you have about another millennia. Oh, man. I was going to say, because I know that, uh, <laughs> so for comparison, and something that you might be able to wrap your mind around a little bit easier. Uh, so a million seconds is uh, 11 and a half days. Really? Um, but a billion seconds is 31.7 years. <laughs> a billion is a lot a more than a million, folks. A billion is a folks. lot more yeah. than a million. Yeah, you don't think about it because once you start getting into that sort of numbers, you're like, oh, what's another couple of right. zeros here or there? There's a big difference. Well, I mean, it's a million, like million. A thousand to a million, you're like, oh, it's a big jump. Sure. But like, well, and also, like, we million. say that differently than British people do. So, yeah. like, you have no idea what you're talking about. What? Because, like, in Britain, a billion is like what we consider a trillion. See, now this is why I like, had trouble with money there. Among other things. <laughs> nice try. Nice try. That's not how that works. <laughs> Unless that thing cost is a very a billion dollars. Listen, the exchange rate at the time was very bad. Also, I want to be clear. It's a thousand billions. I said a million billions, but it's wrong. A million I'm wrong. A thousand billions? It's a thousand millions. A thousand millions is a billion. Yes. Yeah, that's what you think of like. But again, a hundred hundreds the, is a thousand. So you think about things in hundreds. Yes. But and it's that's where it gets actually confusing. an order of magnitude more. That's why people get all screwed up with it. Yeah, because I, I think we've reached a point in the world where like a billion still, it doesn't sound like a large amount of money anymore. Where like, when if you, you want to give it to me, I'm I not mean, saying no. Not like that, <laughs> but like in terms of like the, if uh, Dr. Evil showed up and mm-hmm. was like, can I have $1 billion? You'd be like, okay, but like. You could do more. Yeah, blowing up New York would be worth more than a billion dollars. Right. But, oh, well, actually, I might pay him for that. Blowing no, up New York. No, not New York. Dan. Washington. I was thinking Washington <laughs> in my head. You got to admit, that's not a bad one. We all heart New York? 
Yeah, I'm into New York. <laughs> I like New York. But Washington. Oh. The museums are great. Museums are great. Just don't blow up anywhere, Dan. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna This podcast doesn't offer real blowing <laughs> up advice. Uh, yeah, I'm gonna walk that back. Yeah. Let's not blow anywhere up. No blow anywhere. Let's always be cool. Your beer fell over. It was a ghost. Oh. Well. Oh. Cut this out, damn it. I thing, love you. <laughs> <laughs> only thing to do is drink the rest of it. <laughs> and you'll hear that on the next episode. <laughs> <laughs> um, speaking of, is there anything else we want to tackle over here? This was a very interesting and I feel like I learned a lot episode. I'm sorry to drag you through it, Dan. That's okay. We're at the end. Yay. The best part. You made it. <laughs> um looks like we made it. I have it. nothing. Nothing? Nothing? Yeah. Great. Um, I've been Liz. I've been Damon. I've been Dan. And this has been Make Believe Money. Um, uh, just going to shout out again to our social media and following us on and like liking and subscribing and giving us rates and reviews on iTunes or your podcatcher of choice. And listening to all of Charles E. Miller's yeah, kick-ass stuff. Our composer, Charles E. Miller, who made our lovely theme song and all the music you hear on this episode. CharlesEMiller.com is her website. Hit her up for some cool tunes. Um, that's all for now. See you next week. Don't Bye. watch Charlie in the Chocolate Don't. Factory. Listen, it's a, it's a nice movie. <laughs>